Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Stacey, our man Dangerous D is shortchanging your calls. He faded out pretty quick. Got to hear more of the Golden Pipes. You know what? I'm not. (laughs) I've been known to slap a child. Okay? (laughs) I've been known to slap a child. I just want to throw that out there. Dangerous D, he's a child. He's a a young kid. I've been known to throat punch a child. It's not out of the realm of possibility. I don't just do it to Tim. I will do it to a child. It is time for episode 93 of Give Me the Hot Sauce. we got a special treat for Chicago Bears fans of a certain age. The punky QB, Jim McMahon, is going to join us in segment two, and we're looking forward to talking to Jimmy Mack about his days playing for the Bears. He actually finished his career in Green Bay, backing up Brett Favre. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame, and we'll talk to him about what he's doing now after his uh, playing career. So Jim McMahon is going to join us in about 15 or 20 minutes, so stay tuned for that. want to say hi to all the folks on Twitch who are following us live, and I, I see Kenny Kim Photography is on the, on the feed. That's How about boy. that? Yeah. The best photographer. Yeah, he is you, great. Hey, listen, if you're getting married and you want a photographer, get my boy Kenny Kim. Okay? Yeah, he he's excellent. He is the best. He travels all over the world. And he's on Instagram. So if you don't believe me, America, go check out his Instagram. I tell you, if you're getting married or if you just like to be in your house naked and have pictures taken of yourself <laughs> like Tim... Then you can call. I don't know if Kitty. I don't know if Kitty will do that. I don't think Kitty will take a new picture. Oh look, this guy's still. When you look out. this good, yeah. he's still working out over you here. You look this good, you get the camera out. The uh, the Whispers fan club is all, is already out in full force. Uh, Whispers, we got a, a message to you from uh, Small is killing you. He says all you need to do to see red is take a look at Whispers. <laughs> so yeah, so we like the that. Truth. Yeah, he's red today. He's, he's been out in the no, sun. Seriously, feel that. Yeah, I, I mean, seriously, he is, I mean, America, you, if you can't see it, don't adjust your television, okay? He is actually red, okay? He is actually, I'm sitting right next to him, and I'm, the heat is just it's coming off his, yeah. off his forehead. Like, where, where have you, what have you been doing? Are you on the boat this weekend? What, what are you doing? I'm doing everything outside. Wow. <laughs> you know, he, this guy, he has a boat. He never invites us, Mark. Yeah, I know. That. We never can't get on there. Wow. I told you, every time he's invited me to go, it's always the serve hors d'oeuvres <laughs> and drinks. Your yeah. eyes are from the yeah. love boat, right? Yeah, yeah. He's like, wants to come out, he's like, I got white gloves for you. Just wear a black, <laughs> the black jacket. It's 100 degrees outside and a black suit. Mm-hmm. And I'm supposed to, I got a napkin on my arm and I'm handing out drinks to, to his friends. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, that's what I told Mark. When you come up, 
We'll get served. It'll be nice. Wow. Jeez. Wow. See, that's a, that's a, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm wait, America. I'm throwing the race card now. There it is, right there. There it is. I just do, domino, mother do, dominoes. That's what I'm doing right there. Wow. Yeah. A four ace win is asking his whispers started drinking already. You're drinking coffee today. That's something different. It's a new new yeah, touch a little, for you. It's a hangover. Oh, is that what's going on? <laughs> no. 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 Just uh, a little tired. But after this goes down, I'll grab a beer. All right. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Keep it flowing, baby. That's what the show's all about. <laughs> Some of your best materials when you're drinking. You don't know what's in this coffee, do you? <laughs> That's true. Just because there's coffee in the top, you don't know what's mixed in. I am I Irish. Want, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Could be Irish coffee. Hey, the NBA never sleeps. It is a 24-7, 365-day-a-year league. And uh, this week, we had the NBA schedule release. And there was a couple of uh, dates in there I noticed that I, I just felt painful for my buddy Stacy King. You know, Stacy, you got a back-to-back where you got to fly into Toronto on a Sunday, call a game on Sunday, try to get out of customs and everything, and play the next night against the Raptors at the United Center. Who put that? Who, whose idea was that? A monkey in an astronaut <laughs> suit. That's the only way you can explain that. A monkey just put some little ping pong balls, and that's what that that reminds me of '90s basketball. Yeah, the home and home thing. That is. The dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. I didn't it's okay think if it's Detroit to go into Canada, yes, though? Yes, if it's Detroit or Indiana yeah. or Milwaukee, yeah. I can see that. But to, to have to go through customs in you know Toronto and then try to get out, that's the hardest part is right. getting out right. of there. You know, um, I don't know, man. I don't know if that little monkey bubbles or whoever it was. They need to put him away. Just, just put him back in the cage. Don't let him pick the more schedules, man. Because, uh, but but the positive on the positive note is that you know the Bulls got some national games this year. We do some love, yeah. And that means I get off some days. And the TNT Bulls are back. They've got a yes. twenty-game winning streak playing on Thursday night on TNT at home, and they hadn't had a home game televised. It's since 2017, so it's been a long time, and they're going to put that streak on the line against Giannis and the Bucks. That's coming up, I believe, in February. So uh, that'll be interesting. You've got a six-game road trip that starts right before Thanksgiving, so you're going to be having uh, microwave turkey somewhere on the road. It sounds like I think we're going to be in Oklahoma City during uh, during Thanksgiving. So <clears throat> I'm not not really looking forward to that. But, <laughs> I mean, I love Oklahoma. Hey, yeah, oh, of course hey, you do. I yeah. didn't turn my back on you, right. Sooner State. It's just I just didn't envision myself having Thanksgiving in, in a hotel. Yeah, you play you play at Milwaukee on Friday or Wednesday the twenty third, and then you're gonna have to fly probably Thanksgiving night to Oklahoma City. Another monkey bubbles pulling out <laughs> the schedule, and and here's the funny thing about this: it's like I want to know if other teams are are having these kind of schedule you know conflicts. Yeah. like it's just it's almost like somebody's out there like yeah, let's make this have some fun with the Bulls. You know, they might be good this year, but let's slow them down a little bit, you know. And that's, I don't understand it because when you look at some of the schedule, it's like, oh, my God, like, really? Like, yeah. why are we playing? Like, there should be no back-to-backs because we're starting the season early. Like, we're starting the season. This is probably the earliest I've ever seen it started. Like, the preseason starts like our first preseason game, I think, is October the 4th. And then after that, it's like, what? The opener's in Miami October 19th. It's a Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's whoo. Man, it's always it normally starts like around Halloween. And the circus doesn't come to the United Center anymore, no. but yet they got you out for a six-game road trip that starts, as I mentioned, in Milwaukee on November 23rd, and it carries all the way through to a finale in Sacramento on December 4th. The good news on that, you play Oklahoma City, you play a Utah team that's probably going to be really bad this year, and you play Sacramento. So hopefully that's three relatively easy wins. You know what, America? We're going to surprise a lot of people. We're going to surprise a lot of people. Um 
I, I think when you start looking at everybody talking about all oh, the Bulls are be the fifteenth best team in the NBA, I mean, come on, man, don't listen to that, America. I'm I'm tired of hearing all that. That's why you play the game, you know. And so it'll be interesting to see. Just health, health, and COVID is going to be the big deciding factor, not just with the Bulls, but everybody in the league. It's real busy start to the season. The Bulls play like nine games in the first 15 days. They've got two games against Boston. They've got Philadelphia on the schedule, a good Cleveland team, as I mentioned, opening night at Miami. So you're going to have to play good basketball right off the start. to get. Because remember last year, that set the tone for the whole year. The Bulls got off to a really fast start. Well, Mark, this is the first time I've seen the schedule. You're giving me all these these dates, and it's just really just I'm, I'm getting. Anxiety. I'm not trying to bring you down. I'm, right I'm getting anxiety right now, <laughs> America. I have not even really looked at the schedule. I mean, Mark is just giving me anxiety right now. All nine days, you got to play nine days and six games in nine days. You go, you're in Toronto there. Oh. Hey, that's why I'm here, Stacy. I'm just. Oh. <laughs> Get- <laughs> Bane is going to hit oh, the road. Mark, <laughs> who put you in charge? <laughs> you think you're in charge, Mark? <laughs> you're not. Hey, another another fun trip coming up just before Christmas. You go to Minnesota, Ow. Miami, Atlanta, and New York. You're in Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous arena on December 23rd. Oh, Mark, you're getting, I'm still anxiety's coming, man. I'm not. A, we're jumping the schedule. Okay. America. I'm excited about the season. I wish we kind of started sooner. But when Mark just keeps reciting these these dates off, it seems yeah. like a lot. It's overwhelming It's right always now. like that, though. But I just for some reason, it just seems like a lot now. Like yeah. when you just, when you're reading <laughs> off these blocks of games, and I'm sitting there like, you know, we're gone six days. We're gone yeah. eight days. Like, I remember, you know, the, 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 you know, the circus trip. You know, we'd be gone for 16 days. That's what you knew. That was like death and taxes every year. You knew you were out of here for 15, 16 days. Then you had Disney on ice in January, February. Right. <clears throat> so you so knew you were going to that. You always had those days. two long roads. So that's yeah. 20 days, you know, and you were out west and you got to stay in LA for three or four extra days or Phoenix. You know, now it's not like that. You know, you're going like, we're in LA. I think maybe we had a back to back game against the Clippers and we're there one day, one off day. The other two games, the other two days are game days. Yeah, it's in late March, back to back against the Lakers and Clippers, and the, and the finish of the season is tough too. You got two against the Lakers, play the Clippers, Memphis, Atlanta, Milwaukee, Dallas. Oh. So it's a murderer's row oh. down the stretch. We'll accept the challenge. There you go. We'll That's what it's challenge. all about. We'll accept the challenge. This is going to be a good team, America. Trust me on this. This is going to be a good team. Fifty wins. I'm, I'm, I've already said it before on previous shows. They're going to win fifty games, and they are going to be in the top four. The summer runs continue as teams get ready to report for training camp in late September. Uh, the rookie, Dalen Terry, had a huge game at Jamal Crawford's uh, Seattle Pro-Am League. He had 57 points. So for people who say the kid can't score, I mean, you might want to think about that. Yeah, he's, he's going to be he's gonna be a good player for the Bulls. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't expect that, you know, if, if I'm a Bulls fan this year. Right. You know, right. I mean, he's going to have to earn his minutes. He's going to have to show the coaches that he can be out on the floor. And, and do the things they need him to do. Um, you know, he's going to get he's going to get opportunity. You know, he's going to get opportunity because he can play multiple positions. Um, as far as 56 points in a summer league, I mean, um, I mean, that's impressive. You know, that's impressive. But I mean, that's still a summer league. Nobody's playing defense. No one's yeah. playing they defense. Just let you run I mean, it down. Yeah. I mean, I've seen guys just run. It's like the all-star game. Let right. People go to the basket. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, if you, the Drew League is real, though. If you score 56 in the Drew League, 
you a bad dude. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, because the Drew League, there's a lot of guys who are free agents out there. There's a lot of guys trying to get uh, contracts. There's a lot of guys trying to get overseas. So every one of those guys are, are hungry. When you watch DeMar DeRozan play, DeMar is killing these dudes, and he's making it look easy. But these dudes are actually trying to play defense. They're out there hustling. Um, you know, the uh, Jello Ball had a 50-some point game in the Drew League. That that's saying something in the Drew League. Yeah, and uh, it's it's been interesting to watch that. The NBA app is actually showing those games live, which is gives you an outlet if you're looking for some hoops these days. So that's been a lot of fun. The one down note for the Bulls is the other rookie who was expected to make the team on a two-way contract, Justin Lewis out of Marquette, unfortunately. Working out on his own, he tore an ACL in his right knee, and most likely he'll miss the entire season. This is a kid who, who has a body type very similar to Patrick Williams. I was thinking that maybe at some point that could be a nice one-two punch at the power forward. I tell you what, this kid is is going to be a good player. I mean, he's already coming in. I mean, remember, you know, every kid that's come out of Marquette has been defensive ready to mm-hmm. play basketball, and he's no exception. He, I think he has the the ability to be a 3 and D guy. I've seen him the last couple of days because I, I work out over at the Advocate Center for like twice Tuesdays and Thursdays, and he's over there, you know, getting you know getting his treatment with his knee, and it's so sad because he was looking forward to, to playing. Um, and I thought he had a, an opportunity, even though he's on the two-way deal, I thought he had an opportunity to, to be on this roster at some point, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got good size, good length, got big hands, you know. Got all the attributes that, sh- that shows you that he could be a good player plus the mentality. You know, he's from, he's, I think he's from Baltimore um, or Washington, D.C. Um, just a tough kid, you know, and, and just talking to him. You know, he understands, like, you know, this. it could have happened to anybody. You know, he's not down about it. Of course, he'd like to be playing, but he's got a great outlook on it. You know, he's like, hey, you know, this is only going to make me stronger, you know, and he's going to be around the team uh, watching the veterans, which would be good because a lot of times, Mark, these kids, these younger kids feel isolated because they get hurt and they can't, they don't feel like they're contributing. So they kind of isolate themselves away from the team. Um, he needs to be in with the veterans. He needs mm-hmm. to sit next to DeMar DeRozan and Zach and watch how they, you know, how they come to practice and how they prepare. You know, he needs to watch, you know, what they do in practice. So then when he does come back and he's, he's willing to come back and be healthy, you know, it's going to be an easier transition for him. One of the other stories making news in the NBA this week, LeBron James signs that two-year max contract Woo! extension at about $97 million. But as most superstars do, he put a player option for the second year. So if his son, Bronny James, decides to go pro after his freshman year of college, LeBron can opt out and sign with whatever team Bronny James is on. And he'll be about 40 years old. Yeah, yeah. He'll so, still be able to play, though, I'll tell you so, that. So the, the, the thing that's going to happen, like – I mean, you don't know how Bronny is going to be. I don't think right now, if you were to judge him right now, I don't believe he's a one-and-done player. I I believe he's a least minimum two-year college player. So that kind of puts, you know, that kind of puts, because I think he's a senior this year. He's going to be a senior in high school. so, So his first year in college, LeBron will start to, it'll be time for that third, that third option. You know, so he'll have to make that decision what he what he wants to do. But, um, you know, that's a lot of pressure on Bronny. You know, he should. I don't. I don't think that you know he's a one and done player. I think he's got high. I think he's got a very good skill level. Um, you know, he's going to be probably a point guard. You know, he's got point guard size six three. Um, maybe he grows a little bit. You know, between now and in the next two years. But I don't think he's a one and done player. 
And it's getting to be like when LeBron was in high school, they're starting to televise his games. I saw a little bit of yeah. Bronny playing against the French national yeah. squad. You think he had 23, 25 and points? Somebody. Really nice dunk, yeah. Well, going away from the basket. Yeah, and then there was a report that, you know, they listed Ohio State, uh, Michigan, Oregon. USC, UCLA, and Oregon. And then one report came out that he that Bronny might be leaning to Oregon because of the Nike connection. And, and LeBron's senior shot that down. He said, listen... When we're ready to tell you where Bronny's going, Bronny will be the one who said, say where he's going. Trust me on that. He's not going to Oregon. Right. I, no, I wouldn't think so. He's not going to Oregon. I mean, that, that coach, Dana Altman, is really not a guard coach. You, he needs to go somewhere where he is going to be featured and allowed to do the things that he does best. And that's what, that's all you look for when you're looking at the colleges, when you're being highly recruited. You try to find out where your game could fit into what they're doing in their system. You don't just go there just because it's a Nike school. There's plenty of Nike schools. I mean, Duke's a Nike school. North Carolina's a Nike school. Um, there's plenty of Nike schools. Right. You know, it's just a matter of going to, for, for Bronny, it's what are you looking for? And when you think about possible destinations for Bronny James, remember that uh, one of LeBron's good friends, Juwan Howard, is the head coach at Michigan. So I think they're probably in the running for him as well. Well, and and don't don't sleep on that. You know, he could change his mind to decide that he just wants to go to the G League, get right. paid, yep. and play the G League, and then be able to come back and then get in the draft. So that's not out of the realm of possibility if they think if LeBron James and his family and his advisors thinks that's the best move for him is to get him into the G League, let him play amongst pros, you know, older guys. And then we've seen how it's worked out. I mean, a lot of these kids have done that, and they, they parlay that into a lottery pick. So maybe that's something they do. They, I've known they've talked about it, and they, they, LeBron is kind of against it. But who knows? They may change their mind. One of the questions from the Twitch chat wondering, uh, do you think one day LeBron James will own a basketball team and maybe in Las Vegas when they expand? I mean, Michael Jordan has kind of set the blueprint for those, and he's, you know, he sure surely could buy one. Yeah, he could afford it. He can afford it. So, um, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, I could see him and his his business group, you know, um, Maverick Carter and all these guys. You know, they're they're into movies. They're in that. They're doing a lot of different things outside of the basketball realm. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if he's an owner one day, and then he gets his kid on his team. Pays them, pays them. Maybe both kids. Pays them $30 million a year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah another question. Keep it in the family, baby. Keep it in the Speaking family. Speaking of keeping it in the family, another Twitch question people are asking, you think maybe Leangelo Ball now gets a two-way contract if the Bulls have one available? I hope so. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this. Yeah, we have. Okay, first of all, the kid can shoot, okay? For whatever reason, I, I don't know why he's not in the league. I don't know if it's based off of is he a tweener. I, I don't know. I, I mean, but the kid can flat-out shoot, okay? Mm-hmm. So, this league is about shooting the basketball and being able to knock shots down, spacing the floor, and this kid can do that. Um, is he a typical two guard? No, you know, I mean, two guards are six five to six seven. You know, I think he's around six foot three, um, which makes it tough. But I mean, come on, man. Well, there's a lot of guys that are six foot three, six foot four, playing the two guard position. So if the kid can shoot, but but the ultimate goal, the ultimate goal, America is. <laughs> His dad has already laid the blueprint yeah. out. He wants all three of his boys to play together. He has he has come out and said money will not be the issue. So when you hear money's not the issue, then it's not they're not looking for big contracts. They just want his he just wants his son 
to play together and have a chance to win. You imagine if all three of those balls are on the team and they have the success they had at Chino. Um, It'd be fun. It'd be fun. And to they watch. win championships yeah. with all three of them. Yeah. Like and Lavar would walk around going, "I told you, yeah. I told you, should have listened to me." <laughs> Well, it's like Giannis is playing with his three brothers for for a Greek national team now. They're they're all. Oh, wait, you saw Giannis. You saw, saw Giannis. I saw the comments by Giannis. Giannis. Yeah. You see, <laughs> see, listen, listen, Bulls Nation, we're doing some we're doing some stuff here in Chicago. Everybody's starting to take notice. And, you know, when you get guys like Vooch here, Demar Derozan, Ball, these guys are well connected in the NBA. Everybody loves Demar Derozan. Every you you don't hear one person say anything bad about Demar. LeBron from, you know, all the top players. So when he's out there spreading the word about what it's like to play in Chicago, the fan base is awesome. Coming into United Center is awesome. The energy in the United Center. Players want to hear that. You know, the front office is awesome. Every, the coach is awesome. Boom, boom, boom. You know, before six, seven, eight years ago, you couldn't say that because players did not want to come here. You know, players, you know, there were people giving bad reports out. Other players who played here said bad things about the organization. And people started listening to that. It wasn't true. It's just because somebody had a bad experience here, they started listening. You know, and, uh, you know, it doesn't help when you, you have Scotty saying things. <laughs> you know, one of the 50 greatest players and Scotty saying things, you know. So people kind of listen to that too. But um, I think the, the, the mindset has changed. I think the attitude has changed. Now you have one of the top three players in the game saying he was he was a Michael Jordan fan. He was a Chicago Bulls fan. He could see himself at some point in his career. Now, maybe it was capping. Who knows? I, I doubt it. Because why, why would you even bring it up? Well, here's what happened is he was doing one of those uh, media tours. He, they put him in front of a camera and stations from all over the country get a couple of minutes with Giannis. The question was asked by Lou Canellis from Fox 32. So oh, he, Lou. Yeah, so he knew, it in. he knew he was playing to a Chicago audience. So if, if a guy, you know, 10 minutes later from Charlotte asked him the same question, he's like, oh, yeah, I always like Charlotte. Michael Jordan's the owner over there. I don't think so, though. I don't think so. I think, I think he, he honestly had – I think he honestly has thought about it. I think he has. I think because they have, there's a great Greek community here in and Chicago. the Bulls are a worldwide and brand. the Bulls are a worldwide brand. Yeah. I mean, listen, they won a, Milwaukee won a championship, but their brand is nowhere near oh, yeah, the Chicago yeah, Bulls. Yeah. Okay, let's just be honest. People know Giannis – because he's an international player and he's an MVP. But if you if you go out there and say how many people are wearing Milwaukee Bucks uniforms in in Spain, in Italy, uh, zero. Right. Zero. Right. Right. But you see how many people wearing Bulls Bulls gear, rappers, uh, international. You know, a swimmer. There was a swimmer that was in was like I think it was in Olympics. He had a he had a Bulls jersey on, Archie Diakono jersey <laughs> before he jumped in the pool. I got to figure out what his name was, but I saw it the other day on the internet. He he was a, he was a big Bulls supporter, and before he jumped in the pool, he had a Ryan Archie Diakono jersey, a yeah. Bulls jersey on. There's also a, a a NASCAR driver that I think had his car decorated in the Chicago Bulls, uh, you know, logos and stuff. So, man, I'm telling you, boy, the Bulls are out there, boy. This is not no surprise. Do not be shocked if you don't see the Bulls be able to grab some people at some point uh, when DeMar DeRozan and, 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 you know, we transition from that and get other superstars. Yeah, they'll definitely be in position to maybe make a run at one of the bigger stars in the league. That's something that happens when you win and win consistently, and that's what we're looking forward to for the Bulls over the next couple of years. One of the uh, teams that has been making news in Chicago is the WNBA Sky. Of course, they're the defending WNBA champions, but unfortunately, they hit a bump in the road last night. I was watching that game, 
They're up by six with three and a half minutes to go, and they didn't score again. It was just one of those situations where everything that could go wrong did go wrong. A couple of bad turnovers, bad shot selection, and New York stole one. So now they got to win the next two to advance. Well, here's the scary thing about that. New York is the same way the Sky was last year. You know, low seed. Losing record. Losing record. They've got nothing to lose. They're against the, you know, everybody's picking them to lose. You got that little, uh, what's her name? Uh, A nice cue. Sabrina Ionescu. Yeah. She's the real deal. Right. Like, they feed off of her energy. She was the one that Kobe Bryant worked closely with and tried to help develop her skills. Yes. She was, she is the real deal. And that's what you were worried about with the Sky. When that when that playoff starts, will they be ready to play? Would they would they have to take a game and take one on the chin to wake up? And now, it, it's it, you know they're, you're one game away from being you know two games. You got two games. What? So it goes. It's a five game series now. No, no, it's the best of three oh, opening round. Oh, so, they got to oh, win the next oh, two. That's it. You win the it. two or you go home. Hey, last year, Stacy, the first round was one. I single it was elimination. Five. No. The, the semifinals and the finals are five. The first oh, round is best of three. Best for three? They got to win the next oh, two or they're going home. Allah. 9 one one Chicago Sky, wake up. Wake up. It's going to yeah. be early, early summer for you. Allah. I didn't know that, Mark. Heavy wears the crown of the defending champion. Now, you guys never games. messed around. You always swept that first round. Which was best of five. Yeah, we we didn't mess around, man. We didn't have time to play, mess around with these little peons. You can't yeah. give nobody hope, nobody no confidence. Right. You're supposed to beat a team, you know, three out of five, you go do it. Now, there's one time, though, Mark, there's one time back in the day when we played Miami. It was a three-game, it was a five-game series, and we win the first two games, and we go to we go. That's to a Miami. Jordan drinking game? Yeah, it was a Jordan drinking game, man, <laughs> over, over at Hooters. Over at Hooters, baby. He was over there for the whole day, almost 24 hours. But at the, at the end of the day, he came out there, baby. He was sweating. He was sweating like he'd been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he scored like 50-some points he on him. sent Glenn Rice oh, home. Hey, huh? man. So we went three out of five. But, you know, that was when, you know, you, you had like three or four days. If, if yeah, they would have yeah. won game if they won game three, we'd had about a three, four-day rest up in Miami. So loss would have been the worst thing. It wouldn't have been the saying. worst thing. That's what we were all saying. Like, <laughs> well, you know, if we lose this game, you know. Uh, and with Michael over at Hooters, we might, you know. But MJ, man, the black cat <laughs> wasn't letting us lose bro he wasn't letting us lose he came over there he was sweating profusely like he'd been drinking all night long and that's when i knew that's when we all knew that like god is playing a video game because there's no way in hell a person could be out as long as he was and do what he was doing the night before game yeah. and come out there and play the way he did. That's <laughs> God was like on the Xbox just like, okay, Michael, you're gonna dunk on his head. You're gonna get a steal here and go down there and do a reverse dunk. I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, yeah. anyone who was part of that will tell you it was there was no way in the world we thought we was gonna win that game. Yeah, he's a legend, truly one of a he's kind. A and uh, Babe we're, Ruth. we're rooting for the Chicago Sky to come back strong and win that opening on, round Scott. series against the New York Liberty. So speaking of exploits in playoff series, uh, remember Jim McMahon going down to New Orleans Ooh. for the Super Bowl? He had some fun down there. We'll talk to Jimmy Mack about that and a whole lot of other things when episode 93 of Gimme the Hot Sauce rolls on. But first of all, I want to help you out a little bit. I want to help you with your insurance needs. Make sure to contact our buddy, Jeff Vukovich, when it comes to insurance for your auto, home, and business. You always want to contact the best. Contact the king of insurance, nationwide agent Jeff Vukovich. You can find him at jeffvuk.com. That's Jeff. V-U-K.com. The season's not far away, and the Golden Pipes are always ready. <laughs> Nationwide <laughs> is on your side. <laughs> 
I didn't know Bane needed insurance, but I guess we all do, right, Stacy? Everybody needs insurance. Everybody needs insurance. So contact our friend Jeff Vukovic at jeffvuk.com. You're going to love what's coming up next. Jim McMahon, the quarterback of the Super Bowl champion, 1985 Chicago Bears, next on Give Me the Hot Sauce. We are going to transition, talk some football now. We're joined by 1985 Bears Super Bowl champion Jim McMahon. Jim, thanks for joining us. Where are where were we finding you today? You mentioned you got a new house. Where are you living these days? Uh, I'm actually renting a, a little small house in Arizona. I uh, just sold my house a few months back and uh, bought a place down in Mexico. I'm spending more time down there. So it's not like as much hassle, not as much hassle down there. So it's like 150. They're, they're all coming here. There ain't nobody. <laughs> So it's a dry heat, only about 120 degrees, I'm guessing, something like that. Well, it's 78 right here where we're sitting, so it's pretty nice. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about, because I'm a big fan of the 85 Bears. Like, I, I just love that team. I think it's one of the greatest football teams in the history of the NFL. Um, tell us a little bit about how did you guys know like that team was going to be special? Because you, you had to have known, not just in 85, but you had to have known a little earlier than that. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, we, when I first got there in 82, uh, we weren't very good. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of glad we had a strike. So I only had to play nine games. <laughs> Crap games beat out of me in nine games instead of 16. But uh, yeah, we started getting better in, in 84. I mean, we were, you know, we, we actually went to an NFC championship game in, in 1984. So we, we had a good ball club uh, and we knew we were going to be good in 85. And as long as I, you know, stayed halfway healthy, you know, we shouldn't have lost. And, uh, you know, things turned out the way we planned them. You know, after we came back in 84, I said, yeah, you know, we're going to win the Super Bowl in 85. And that's, that was our focus. And, and uh, we got it done. You know, it's not like we went away in 1986 either. We were 14-2 yeah. the following year. You know, and we just kind of, we had home field advantage for the next four years in the playoffs. And we, we pissed it away. Wow. Yeah, I remember that, that 86 season. Uh, that's when uh, Ditka decided to bring in Doug Flutie and really turn the whole clubhouse upside down. What was it like in the locker room that time with people taking sides? Who should be playing quarterback? Of course, you were injured, so you had to watch it from, from the outside perspective. But did, uh, did Mike screw that up by trying to push Flutie on the team? Well, in my opinion, yeah. Because we had, we had two guys that had played for us already and won for us in big games. Steve Fuller... You know, he beat the Redskins in Washington, which is tough to do mm -hmm. in the playoffs in 1984. And, uh, you know, so he had proven himself to be, a, you know, a quality player. And then uh, who was the other? I think Tom Zack was the other Tom guy. Tom Zack, yeah. Guy. So, and so I was basically sticking up with those guys. I had no nothing against Doug Flutie. You know, he was a good athlete, you know, a good, good football player. But I had nothing against the kid. But I was sticking up with the guys that had been there and, and, and sacrificed already for mm -hmm. this team and why, why he was just going out and trying to find somebody else to fill in. I, he was trying to find somebody to replace me. I think that's what it was. Well, what, what was your dynamics? Because you hear so many stories, you know, and a lot of you know how the media works, Jim. You don't know which is, what is true and what's not true. What was your dynamic with Mike Dickett? Did you guys, did you guys have a love-hate relationship? Uh... That's a good way to put it. <laughs> uh, I think coming in, you know, him and I were there as rookies together. It was his first year as coach. It was my first year in the pros. And, and uh, you know, it wasn't like I had a couple of Hall of Famers I had to sit and watch. You know, I had Bob Abilene and Vince Evans were, were the two guys that were here before me. 
And so I think he wanted me to play early and I wanted to play early and I didn't deserve to start the opening game. And, uh, I wasn't ready. Uh, but I played, I think the second half of the second game and then from then on, but, uh, yeah, we had, we had a lot of run-ins. A lot of it had to do with, with play selection. You know, he was, he would pretty much take over the play calling if the first series of downs didn't go like he planned or, or wanted. And, uh, you know, he, he was not an offensive coordinator. He was a tight end, and that's how he called plays, like a tight end. <laughs> like no rhyme or reason for some of the things that would be sent in. And I think he thought I would do things just to piss him off. And I was trying to win ball games. And, you know, my, I was taught in college, you know, if you can take advantage of something on the defense, do it. And so uh, any chance that I got that I could change the play or, 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 or not even call the one that was sent in because it was so ridiculous, uh, I would do it. <laughs> I was trying to win games, you know, and, and everybody knew we we're going to run the ball, right? So they'd stack the box every, you know, we had eight, eight guys in the box pretty much the whole time I was there. And and that's a credit to our offensive line. You know, we, we led the league in rushing four straight years, which had never been done. And I don't think it's been done since. And that's a credit to those guys because everybody knew we we're going to run the damn thing. And like I said, eight guys in the box is tough to run and they still did it. So uh, there should be more than Jimbo Covert in the Hall of Fame from those guys. It's funny, that team has really stood the test of time. When you hear national commentators talk about the greatest NFL teams, they always include the 85 Bears that won the one Super Bowl. Of course, you ended up going to San Diego, and they had all kinds of quarterback issues after you left. Um, and, and when you look back, go back to the Super Bowl, I remember you, know, you blow out the Patriots, and you've got the defense putting Buddy Ryan on their shoulders, and then Mike Ditka being carried off by another group. I mean, it, 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 just, it just seemed like a weird message being sent about uh, a fracture within the group. Was that something that you guys had to overcome during those years? Well, it was, it was that way when I first got to Chicago. It was, you know, defense, defense, defense. That's all they talk. And Walter, of course. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was like nobody else existed on the offensive side of the ball. And, and you know, I talked to Buddy Ryan exten- extensively about this. And I, I, and I said, look, everywhere you've been and you've gone to the Super Bowl, you know, New York Jets, Minnesota Vikings, I said, you guys had a pretty good offense. You know, you had, you had somebody on the other side of the ball that was, that was helping you out. You can't beat, you know, Dallas and the 49ers and, and uh, the Giants and the Redskins. You can't beat them three to nothing. You know, you got to be able to score points. But Buddy just, he did not care. He just, you know, when I played for him in Philadelphia, he would tell our offensive coordinators, run the ball, we'll score on defense and win. <laughs> <laughs> that's the craziest, you know, but that's how Buddy thought. Uh, but we, you know, we had a hell of a good offense. We had a lot of offensive talent, not just Walter Payton. Uh, you know, I thought Dennis Gentry was the most underused, most valuable guy that anybody could have. I mean, that, that kid could play. He was fast. He was reliable. He could, he could block. Uh, he, he ran back kicks for us. I mean, we had you know, Willie Galt with his speed. You know, McKinnon was so reliable. Uh, Emory Moore had a tight end with Tim Reitman. I mean, uh, we had all kinds of talent. And uh, but we let, you know, Mike was going to run the ball with Walter 30, you know, 30, 30 times a game. Take us back to the, the Minnesota game in September. I think it was your third game of the season. You were hurt and Dickie wasn't going to play you. And Minnesota jumped all over you guys and looked like y'all were getting ready to get blown out the out the out the building. And then you, you conned your way in, got in the game, and then you just started throwing like you threw the first pass, I think it was to Willie Gold or McKenna, one of them, and you it just started rolling. You scored like thirty some points and you came back from the jaws of defeat. I think they call that the McMahon miracle uh here in Chicago. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Well, it, you know, we had just played New England the week before and uh, <clears throat> had, had a problem with my neck and my shoulder. I was in the hospital for a couple of days in traction. And, uh, you know, it was a Thursday night game, so it was a quick turnaround. So I missed, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday uh, practice. Oh, I, I got out of the hospital Wednesday. I went to Wednesday's practice. Uh, I was actually sitting with the, the ABC crew was there at practice. And I was sitting in the bleachers watching, and, and they said, aren't you going to play? I said, yeah, I'm going to play. And they, how come you ain't there practicing? I said, well, you know, our offense hasn't changed in four years. Why is it going to change <laughs> this week? So I, I didn't really need to the practice and uh <clears throat> so the, the next night you know that night we get to minnesota and dick we have a team meeting and he tells me i'm not playing you know? and so not only did i have uh, my neck and my my uh, shoulder problem i had a turf burn that i got in week one and it, it got infected so my left calf was you know was bigger than the fridge and uh so i had a bad infection in my leg and my neck was screwed up so i'm so i was just sitting up in my room while the team's having a meeting and uh, one of the coaches came up. I was icing my leg and everything. He said, Dick is pissed. Why aren't you at the meeting? I said, well, he said, I'm not playing. Why do I got to go to a meeting? <laughs> and so I ended up going down there. You know, he, he berated me and then said, you're not playing. You didn't practice this and that. So the next night, you know, I get, you know, it's a funny what adrenaline will do to you. And you start getting close to game time. That adrenaline kicks in. A lot of these, you know, little aches and pains seem to go away. And then, you know, I had, I don't know how many painkillers and muscle relaxers in me. So I wasn't feeling any pain. And uh, I was actually throwing the hell out of the ball in pregame warmups. And I went over to him and said, hey, man, if you need me, I can, I can play. He said, yeah, get out of here. You're not playing. <laughs> and this is a big game. They were 2-0. and We were 2-0. and They're in our division. So it was a big game for an early season game. Um, and just things just weren't going our way that night. Steve wasn't playing bad. It's just, you know, things weren't going our way. Defensively, we were, you know, Tommy Kramer was picking us apart and, um, I kept, you know, Badger and Mike the whole first half. You know, it just wasn't the same team I was looking at from the sidelines. You know, guys' heads were down. Uh, it wasn't what I'd seen the first two weeks. <laughs> and so, you know, he kept shoving me back. Get the hell out of here. You're not playing, you know. And so uh, that whole first half was like that. And then the start of the second quarter, they, they got a quick score. Uh, we went on, I think it was a three and out. I'm, I got back in his face. I said, hey, we're going to lose this game, <laughs> you know. Unless you put me in, and uh, to this day, I, I know he—the only reason he put me in is because I bugged the hell out of him. <laughs> he, just, he got so tired of me being in his face. He just, all right, goddamn, we're going, we're going to go do this. And so he gives me a uh, first play I ran was a, it was a screen pass. And uh, if you remember the film, I, I come away from the line, the center, and I almost fell on my face. My legs are a little wobbly from all the uh, painkillers and stuff. <laughs> and so. And I saw as soon as as soon as I got the snap, I knew it was Blitz. And Blitz, you know, whoever's got the, the guy that's getting the screen, he's going to run right to the screen guy. And so as I stumble back and I get my balance, I just happen to look downfield, and Willie is doing his job. He's just running his guy as deep as he can go. But he's 10 yards behind him. And I knew, you know, from the time I got the snap to the time I planted and threw the ball, that Lyman couldn't be downfield for, for the screen already. So I throw the ball, and we score. And everybody's excited. And when I got to the sideline, Dick had grabbed me and about threw my neck out again. He's like, what damn play did you call? <laughs> a touchdown and play, I, yeah. Well, I called the screen. He goes, why'd you throw it to him? I said, because he was open. You know, we scored. What are you, what are you pissed at? And then, uh, you know, we get a quick turnover. And we go in and then we run a, uh, uh, it's called a bootleg. I fake the, 
thing and come out around the around the end. And, and really, you're supposed to have two options. You hit the, the back in the flat or the tight end coming across. And so <laughs> I'd always tell my wide receiver, McKinnon, I said, the only guy that can stop this play, you know, if the linebacker jumps the uh, jumps the back in the flat and the weak, weak safety is the only guy who can stop the tight end. I said, so if the weak safety jumps the tight end, Dennis, you just get behind him. And sure enough, I come out there and, and they jumped, uh, they jumped Walter, I believe it was, or Matt, whoever it was. <laughs> and as, as I'm looking for Emery, I see the weak safety jump him. And I said, you know, I knew Dennis was going to be behind him. So I just let it go before I knew I even saw Dennis and, uh, two for two for two scores. And then from then I got, I got another one later in the, in the quarter, uh, another kind of broken play, just kind of ran around and, and run into my left and hit, hit McKinnon for another, another big score. And that was it. And I kind of turned around the season and said, Hey man, you know, don't count us out. Cause we're, we're not the old predictable bears. We used to be. I mean, that's just kind of <laughs> running I remember that. Hey, Jim, we know that you like to have fun uh, off the field during your playing career, and you, you ended up, uh, ironically enough, playing for the Green Bay Packers, uh, backing up Brett Favre in Green Bay. What was that quarterback room like with Favre? I mean, I'm sure you helped him in a lot of different ways, but was, was he as, as wild and, and reckless as, as some people would like you to believe, or was he a pretty serious student of the game when, you, when it came down to business? No, Brett liked to have a good time as well. I mean, he's a hell of a competitor, you know, great, great football player. Uh, but he liked to have his fun too. And, uh, you know, when we were, I, I got there in late, uh, I think there was five games to go in the, in the season in 95. I was, I was with Cleveland the first part of the year. And, uh, and so, and we ended up losing the NFC championship game that year. And so I stuck around for another year and during cra- uh, training camp, the, uh, the Super Bowl site and, and day came out, you know, and it was going to be back in new Orleans. And it was going to be on the same day that we won, January 26th. Wow. 11 years apart. You know, and I said, hey, dude, I said, this is like kind of working out just like it did in Chicago. I said, we lost the NFC Championship game in 84, came back and won it. I said, the Super Bowl's back in New Orleans. I said, it's on the same day. I said, just don't screw this up. <laughs> We're a lock to get there. Don't screw it up. And, uh, he didn't, you know, we, we'd get that, but who'd have, who'd have guessed that we're, I'm going to play against the same team, the New England Patriots. That was a little bit of deja vu there. Yeah. 11 years apart, same day, same same place, same team. Same result, too. Whoop that ass. <laughs> 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 you, you know, one of, my, one of my biggest questions was watching that Super Bowl when you guys played um, New England, and – not seeing Walter Payton score the touchdown at that, that moment when that should have, I thought, I'm not the coach, but I thought that moment should have been Walter Payton's, especially with all that he had been through. And I knew, you know, I knew Refrigerated Prairie was, that's a big dude. I mean, he was going to score one way or the other, but I, I thought that should have been Walter Payton's opportunity to score because he didn't score after that. Now, and I've been asked that question a lot, and I didn't realize how much it had meant to Walter. Uh, I've since talked to Matt Suey and, and Jared Payton and Walter's son about it. But at the time, Walter had, had said any, nothing about it. And uh, But it, it, I don't think it would have mattered. I think we could have given the ball 100 times. He wasn't going to get in. I mean, because that was New England's focus. And you can see it in every shot. I mean, everywhere he went, he's got five, six guys chasing him. And we, he got, he carried the ball, what, 27 times, 28 times yeah. in the game. I mean, it wasn't like we didn't give it to him down there. But. His presence was just, I mean, that was their whole focus. I mean, that's why I was able to score the first time. It was a, it was a boot, uh, not a bootleg, it was an option play. 
and I faked it to Fridge, and, and I got to the line of scrimmage, and the end guy went towards Walter. And I, I pitched that ball. That guy, he might he might get it and go 100 yards. Yeah. So I had to turn that up. The other time was uh, we're on the half in, half yard line. And hell, their linebackers are four yards deep. It was an easy score for a quarterback sneak. But, you know, when we came off the field at halftime, we're yelling, let's put 50, you know, 60 on these guys. And Dick was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And then uh, I don't think we ended, we even finished the third quarter, the starters. He started taking everybody out. And so we still had some, you know, chances to get down there and score. But, uh, you know, like I said, I, I don't think he, he, he would have scored. You know, I think the first time we got the ball in the second half, we're, we're on our four-yard line, and we run a play-action pass. And it wasn't even a good fake. And you can see there's literally six guys chasing Walter. And Willie's running up the field one-on-one with the safety. You know, I underthrew it a yard, or he might have went 96 for a score. But, <clears throat> you know, that's the kind of influence he had in that game. I mean, everybody else had success because of his greatness. And I, it doesn't diminish, you know, his career at all, I don't think, you know, not scoring in that game because, hell, it was a blowout. Yeah. And maybe, maybe it was a close game and a nail-biter, and he didn't get the score. Maybe that, you know, that's how I look at it. I mean, the guy was a great player. And it, to me, it didn't matter if he scored or not. I would have I would have rather thrown three touchdowns and run two in. Hell, who wants to run four <laughs> touchdowns as a QB? You want to throw them in as a QB? Yeah, exactly. Jim, I've heard you say that that you don't watch a ton of football anymore. Um, I don't know how much you've seen of the current Bears. Uh, what do you know about Justin Fields? Maybe you saw him at Ohio State. Maybe you saw him in his rookie year with the Bears. Uh, obviously, he's got all the physical tools. What do you think it's going to take for him to be successful in Chicago? The five guys up front to start. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that situation is or, uh, you know, to me, it really didn't matter who my receivers or backs were. Give me five guys up front. that want to fight and you can win games. So I knew I had that in Chicago and plus I had Walter in the backfield and Willie outside and the other guys. So you know, I had a great supporting cast, but it starts up front. You know, I, he came from Ohio state, had success there, big program. So, you know, obviously he's got talent and can play. So it's going to be, you know, whether or not, you know, he listens to the coach all the time or he, he goes to win ball games. Talk a little bit about talk a little bit about the um you know, when you first came in the league, I think everyone looked at you as like kind of being a maverick. Like you spoke your mind, you weren't afraid to speak your mind. Uh you were going in with Pete Rosell with the headbands and you know, you just kind of marched to your own beat and and I like that cuz I I I I like to see guys go against the grain and what's expected of them like you're like you're robots. Everybody's supposed to say the same thing, march the same way. And you didn't do that. Tell us a little bit about that and how much flack did you take from the league? when you were doing all these things? Well, I learned from an early age, you know, some people are going to like you. Some people are going to hate you just because of who you are. It doesn't matter what you do, what you say, they're going to have their opinion. And so I never, I never let it bother me. <laughs> I never let, you know, why would I take criticism from somebody I wouldn't take advice from? Yeah. So the hell with these people, let them think what they want. I do my job. Guys around me know that I'm happy with that. So Jim in uh, Ditka's book, he says that, when you pulled up in the limousine for the first time in Lake Forest, that you stepped out, put a six pack of Budweiser on the roof of the limo, cracked it open, sniffed the air, and thought you might be okay there. And I, I think that started the relationship. Is that true? Well, what, six, there was only two left. But, <laughs> you know, I just taken a three hour flight from Utah, <clears throat> an hour limo ride up to Lake Forest. 
and there was beer there. So, you know, what, what's it in there for? Right. <laughs> That's right. So I had a little thirst. I had, I guess, four. Cause when I popped out, I said, I'm not going to leave the other two just sitting there. So I just <laughs> that up there. And I, I wasn't even thinking about press, man. I just, I just said, hell, I just took a flight. I'm right. I got to go meet old man, Alice. And then the press was like, Whoo. Yeah. Welcome to Chicago. And then Mike Dick actually ha- happened to be walking in the building right at that time. And he looked at me and said, see, you're my first round pick. Huh? And I said, guess so. And wait for Alice to wake up from his nap to talk to him. That, that's, that's another question. Cause I hear, I heard about this story <laughs> that you met with Papa Bear Alice and on your contract and, and how, you know, you sat in there with your agent and how difficult it was, you know, negotiating with him. And you being a high first round pick, tell us a little bit about that meeting. Well, like I said, the first I sat there outside of his office for about an hour and just looked at the secretary. Finally, I said, "Hey, what, what am I doing here?" Because I had friends on the team, Kenny Marjoram, I had known from an All America team, and uh, Keith Van Horn, and they wanted to take me out and celebrate. And so I'm, finally, I just, "Hey, what what am I waiting for?" And the lady said, "Well, uh, Mr. Hallis is taking a nap." And I'm like, are you kidding me? I said, wake his old ass up. I said, what can you do? And so she goes in, you know, five minutes later, I, I get to go in there and he's sitting there in his chair and he's already got a contract. I just got drafted five hours ago and he's got this contract. And he says, uh, first thing he says, well, you're too short. You got a bad eye. Your arm is suspect. And uh, we don't know about the, one of your knees either. He goes, maybe you should go to Canada. This is the first words out of his mouth. <laughs> and I look at him and I say, well, why'd you draft me, old man? I said, who's in your scouting department? And he has this contract. And at the time, if you remember, the USFL was just coming in. Yep. They were going to have their first season that, that uh, spring. And so I was going to, I knew I had a meeting with George Allen, who's, who was coaching the Chicago Blitz, the old Redskin coach. And uh, I had a meeting with him in, in the next three or four days. And so Alice slides his contract over, and I see the first number, and I just wadded it up, and I said, I ain't signing that, and I throw it at him, and I walked out. <laughs> that was my first meeting with Papa Bear, and uh, <laughs> so I ended up meeting with George Allen, you know, a week later, maybe, whatever it was, and he offered me a great deal, you know, part ownership of the team, this and that. I said, George, you put this in writing, I will play for you, but I said, you have to do it within the next two weeks, because that year... They had some stupid rule that said if, if the rookies don't sign by July 15th, I think it was, they can't play that year. Yeah. And that's when I knew the NFL was full of shit because Marcus Allen and I think it was Darren Nelson from the Vikings didn't didn't sign until after that, and they got to play. And so uh, George Allen never came back to me with that thing in writing. So I had to go back to Alice, and he, un- <laughs> he unfolded that damn thing that he threw out of the I was I was a little pissed those first three years. Wow. Hey, Jim, it's no secret that uh, you've battled some health issues over the last decade or so, probably going back further than that. You, you sound great. Your recall's fantastic on everything. How are you feeling these days? Well, I, I figured out what was happening with my head. And that, <laughs> that happened about, I don't know, it's been about 10 years now, I think. Uh, these doctors in New York called me and said, we think we can help you. And uh, they found out I had a couple of blockages in my neck. My bones are all out of whack. And... Uh, I have to go back to New York every, every three to four months to get another adjustment, but I, I can function pretty, pretty normally. 
but as soon as these things, these headaches start and then I start getting foggy, all I want to do is be in a dark room. And I know it's time to call, call the doc, but it's a pain to get, yeah, then I got to make it, you know, get on a plane and, and being on a plane with a head full of fluid is not fun, but, uh, I can function normally, you know, like I said, for about three or four months. And then I start forgetting stuff and, and getting bad headaches and that ah, time to call the doc. But at least I know what's wrong with me. Uh, I've had teammates that did not know and they, yeah. they don't, they're not here anymore. And had I had I had a weapon at the time, I, I wouldn't be here either. I had the same damn thoughts. It hurt so bad. You just want to want to end it. And and we're proud guys. We don't want to ask for help, especially you know, everybody knew you're gonna have bad arm or bad knee or shoulder or something when you're done with football. No, nobody ever talked about the brain. And uh, that's you know pretty much the most important thing. Yeah. Uh, at least I know now, and and uh, I've tried to get. I think this guy is actually working with the NFL, doing some studies now about this doctor he's, he's actually a chiropractor by trade but he studied the brain for the last 30 years and he speaks all over the world about it and uh he's just he just wants to help and he takes care of me knowing what you know now because you know people always ask ask me that question like knowing what you know now and all the things that your body has gone through as a football player would you do it all over again knowing what you know well I'd always wanted to play baseball. I mean, that was my first love. That's what I wanted to do. That's what, that's how I picked a college. Um, all the colleges I went to said, Hey, I'm going to play baseball. And so, I, you know, places like Nebraska, Oklahoma state, they said, no, no, you're not playing both sports. The only two options I had was BYU and the battle of Las Vegas. And Vegas was my last trip. And they offered me a hell of a deal. And I, said, <laughs> I came home from Vegas. I said, pops, I'm going to Vegas. He said, no, you're not. I said, Pops, listen to me. He said, he's not going to Vegas. He's not a big enough school, this and that. I said, Pops, listen to me. They offered me a house, a car, money. Yeah. <laughs> Easy job at a casino. Hell, that could have been Steve Wynn. <laughs> <laughs> but I ended up, you know, it uh, worked out okay going to BYU. But I only got to play, I probably played about eight games of baseball my freshman year. They didn't tell me I couldn't get out of spring football practice. Mm. So I would play a game, a game of a doubleheader. And I was playing in the outfield and, and throwing the ball from the outfield and throwing the ball from the pockets, two different things. And uh, I hated running down that big hill, changing uniforms, going to football practice. And all you did there was throw the ball for three hours. So I had to make a decision and, and I just stuck with football and it worked out and I do it again. But like I said, if, if I could have played baseball a little bit longer, I, I, my body would have felt a hell of a lot better than it does now. Yeah. Hey, Jim, here's a story from the Small World File. Uh, our partner, Tim Kelly, over here says he actually worked on a, on a crew that was, what, rehabbing a house? Yeah, I worked at your house, Jim, back at uh, 34 Bridalwood. I always wondered if it was oh, really? 34 because of Peyton. Is that why you picked the house? I didn't even realize. <laughs> <laughs> Only Timmy Wilson would ask that question. No, I mean, it was, you know, when the lot came, I mean, that was just the lot number. Like yeah, that, that whole area, I think there was only, you know, two or three homes in there at the time. It was just all wooded. <laughs> and uh, I got that lucky number 34. Yeah, it was a lot of fun working there. There was one day where you uh, got pretty upset with one of the carpenters and and uh, gave him a... Well, it was taking so damn long. It's <laughs> 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 a good place to sleep. Yeah. Oh, my God. So you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> 
Not really. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, to, you tossed him like a sled. I was probably pissed off at somebody. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm going to just tiptoe out of here. You guys right are now. all just sitting around <laughs> drinking beer, probably. Yeah, well, yeah. That, that was true. That's what I got pissed off. I didn't get one from you. That's right. <laughs> yeah. At least share the wealth. Happened. Come on, Tim. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what happened. Oh, my God. He, he probably was looking to get a refund. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a good time. Well, Jim, we, we really appreciate you taking some time for us today and, and reflecting on, on those great days with the Bears. Of course, you're also in the College Football Hall of Fame. Yes. That decision to go to BYU turned out pretty good for yourself, didn't it? Yeah, like I said, it, it turned out okay. Yeah. Well, enjoy yourself out there. I don't know if you're going to get back to Chicago at all during the football season, but uh, we're going to send you some of Stacy's signature hot sauce yes. to, to spice yes. things up in the, in the yes. household there. Yes. Sounds good. I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to give it a go. Yes, and make sure from Mexico, she loves spice. Oh, there you go. Oh, there you go. She's gonna like it. <laughs> She'll like it too. She'll like it too. <laughs> That's Jim okay, McMahon. Frank Thomas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, he knows. He, he knows. knows about, yeah, he knows yeah. about Frank Thomas' creepy slogan. Oh, <laughs> uh, Jim, thanks for coming on, big dog. All right, guys. Y'all have a good day. All Thanks right, you, buddy. Jim McMahon, our Take special care. guest, episode 93 of Give Me the Hot Sauce Rolls On. Wow, that was a ton of fun talking with Jim McMahon. You know, Stacy, yeah, when you said that he agreed to come on the show, I was wondering exactly, you know, how sharp he was going to be because it was so well publicized about the CTE issues he had had, the brain injury, but obviously the treatment that he found really did wonders for him. His recall of all those plays was just unbelievable. And when he said the, the point about if I had had a weapon, oh. you know, I might have considered killing myself too because the, the pain and, and the agony of going through that was so severe for him. Well, I, I tell you, that was deep. Yeah. Right? Because that just goes to show you what these guys, how they suffer that we don't yeah. know as fans like we we're we're there every Sunday watching football games and when those games are over and those guys go home you don't know what's going on behind closed doors and to hear some of these veteran players uh you know Dave Durson you know took his own life you know um Junior Seau I mean these guys who were like iconic figures mm -hmm. so much stuff going on you know with their with their brain you know I mean it's Demarius Thomas the Right. The wide receiver, yeah, they said there was young, evidence of CTE. Uh, grade two level, yeah. a young, a young guy. Yeah. You know, so like as fans, you know, we we you know we're every Sunday go Bears, go whoever you cheer for. But man, when those guys go home, you don't know what they're going through. And until recently, there was no guaranteed money in any of those contracts. No. They beat the hell out of each other. They suffer. You know, they're crippled for life. And most of those guys didn't make the kind of money that we saw in other sports. I mean, I mean, look at Mongo. You know, I mean, oh my gosh, I mean, yeah. you know, God bless Mongo. I mean, mm -hmm. this was a guy a few years ago was had so much energy, was so a big figure. He's always been a big figure, you know. And now, you know, he's in a situation where you know he's got ALS, and it's it's mm -hmm. it's just it's so sad because these guys were just like such mountain iconic figures here in the sport of you know NFL and, and being Chicago. And I remember seeing Jim McMahon probably. Man, it had to be about maybe 10 years ago, and he was having a hard time, you know, recalling information. And to have him on the show and him, you know, you know, giving us the opportunity to bring him on the show, man, he's as sharp as a tack. Because some of those plays, that Minnesota game, he knew exactly what, was, what play was called, why he called a play, who was open. He didn't have any problem recalling any of that. Right. One of my uh, good friends in the media, Mike Adamley, who played for the yeah. Jets and the Kansas City Chiefs and for the Bears briefly, 
he's battling the effects of the, the traumatic brain injuries. You know, he was working on the network level, working for NBC. Yes. He was doing the Olympics. All, yeah, he was doing all kinds of stuff. And now, you know, he had to retire early because of the effects of the football injuries. So these guys pay a heavy price. He's a trivia question too. What's that? Isn't he the only? If they the question, the only game that uh, Peyton missed, who was the backup? Oh yeah, he did get a chance it's to. Mike Adamley, right? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna try to lighten things up a little bit. Uh, we're really enjoying the comments on the Twitch chat today, so keep them coming. Nick Bianchi asks, how does Timmy Whispers know everybody? He's got a story about every guest that comes on. <laughs> yeah. He's just amazed that, that you can relate to these, these big stars. Somehow they intersected past. life with you. You know, It's like six degrees yeah. of Kevin Bacon or something. You know? well, I also had beers with McMahon at his bar back in the day. You probably forgot that yeah, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, he yeah, right. pretty lit up there too, Yeah, yeah quite frankly. But yeah, he'd just hang out with the crowd at his bar there, especially in the basement. So if you got invited to the basement. Oh, then, then you're in the yeah, real crowd. Right, right, right. Then you made it. So we told, right. we told Jimmy Mack, uh, the fudge, uh, not the fudge pack, <laughs> the, the sauce pack. Whoa, wow, this is, this, is, this is a PG-rated show. The, the sauce packer. He's going to send him a... Uh, Too saucy. Hey, how can, how can everyone get some sauce? Because that's oh. been one of the big topics in the Twitch chat. People oh. are saying how they want to use it. Some people say, I'll put it on my eggs. I'll put it on my Mexican food. Put it on my wife. <laughs> yeah, I we, saw, we that. saw that too, but we edited yeah. that out. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, American boy. This is going to turn into a freaky show. <laughs> Trying to score the best hot sauce in the game? Well, listen up because we have a variety of flavors that will bring some spice into your life. That's right. Give me the hot sauce as the best small batch organic sauces for your kitchen. Whether it's Chicago style red sauce with garlic twists, fan favorite St. Pat's Verdes, or spicy and sweet King's Q. Or. The hottest bunch, Chicago Fire, 1871. Stop by Gimme the Hot Sauce, that's G-I-M-M-E, thehotsauce.com. Use code KING21 to get 21% off your first order. Give me the hot sauce. There you go. There you go. You know, in our uh, pre-production meeting, we usually get together on Wednesdays and chat about some of the things we'd like to talk about on the show. We thought, you know, we're going to hit baseball hard this week. The White Sox had won five games Damn. in a row. They were one game out in the American League Central, and then they did a face plant. They lost a close game on Wednesday night to the Houston Astros. I believe it was 3-2. to two. And then Thursday, wow, they got run out of their own gym. 21-5 to five is the final score. Uh, but the, I guess it, the good news is they play Cleveland three games this weekend and get a chance to maybe pick up some ground on the first-place team. Is that in Cleveland? Yeah, in Cleveland. Oh, America. <laughs> but they actually have a better road America, record. America. You know home record. Who does? It's with the White Sox. That's a... Oh, man, this, is, it, this hurt me today. This hurt me because when I, I left the Advocate Center, America, it was 0-0. Zero, zero. I think it was a Giacolito was the name, the pitcher? Giolito pitched today. Yeah, he had pitched. a rough day. Yeah, he had a rough day. But he was doing he was he was halfway decent in the first couple of innings. It was 0-0. Zero, zero. And I thought it was like a tape delay because it was early. I was like, what are they playing right now? I didn't know no. that. Getaway and, day. Yeah, so, so then all of a sudden, you know, I get in the car and they were down like five, six runs. I'm like, well, I just walked from the front door to the car. I, I, what happened? So... I'm just a little disappointed right now. I just, I, I really felt that if they could get this game, it puts pressure on these other teams. Yeah. Now it's it's going to come down to the wire. It, it, every game's important now, so they've got to go to Cleveland, and you got to try to get two of those three games. 
You have to. If you don't, if you let Cleveland get two or three or get three. Good thing is they got Johnny Cueto and Dylan Cease going in that series. Johnny Cueto has been a godsend. He's been going at least six innings in every oh. start. Every I think all but one of his starts have been, has been a quality one. So they picked him up off, off the street, basically. Yeah. He's a free agent, and he's been probably their most consistent pitcher this year well, other than Dylan Cease. Well, you, you remember Cueto before the injuries. Cueto, oh, he was great. Cueto yeah. was one of the top pitchers in the league. So, you know, maybe he's found the fountain of youth. You know, maybe he's got inspired, you know, but, I mean, he's played well, you know, and so maybe maybe he gets on that mound, six innings, goes six innings, and then turn it over to the bullpen. And he was the guy that called out the team for not having enough fire. He, you know, he said, yeah. people said, what's going on with the team? He, well, we don't see enough fire. And he's an outsider that joined the team in midseason, and yet he's the one that stepped up and said, we got to get it going. They had a team meeting with some of the veteran leaders, and that led to the five-game winning streak. But now they got to regroup going to Cleveland after a 21-5 to loss. Well, I mean, listen, America, five-game winning streak, it looked, it looked promising. The way they lost today is more disturbing. Yeah. It's one thing to Don't lose, like to get blown out. you know, four to three, but, you know, three to two, you know, late game hit and they win the ball game, you know, something like that. But to get blown out like a football score, like that just showed me like, you know, I don't want to say quit because that's a strong word to a pro athlete, like you quit, but they quit. I don't care. <laughs> this is my show. I'm going to say what I want to say. I'm, I'm just being honest. It was quitting out there. Yeah, I think we got a new Cubs fan here. <laughs> no, no, no. Hell no. Hey, the Cubs are hot. The games don't mean anything, but they've been winning lately. Oh, man. It's exciting. They and won they, again today. They beat the Orioles. And they, won, they, they won the Field of Dreams? Yes, they did. They beat the Reds out in oh, Iowa. Yeah, that's what I thought. Those were the ghosts of all those players. They won the Cubs. It was Shoeless Joe Jackson. City of Chicago's 2-0 <laughs> in the Field of Dreams. It was, it was all the ghosts in the cornfields that made that, made that win. You want to talk about a UFC fight coming up? Oh! Yeah. Tim, you, you know who's fighting, right? Uh, nope. You're a fake fan. <laughs> He's a fake no, fan. This guy's a fake fan. Okay? This is a big week right now because the middleweight champion, Kamara Usman? Usman, is fighting Leon Edwards for the second time. They fought early in their careers, and Usman won. Usman has been dominating. Just look at, look at the numbers up there, America. 20-1. and one. He's been the most dominant middleweight in a long time, look at that reach, seventy-six inch reach, seventy-four, and you look at the look at the weight. Oh my goodness, Leon Edwards is fifty. Is that is that right? That can't be. Right. That can't be right. He can't be sixteen pounds. Oh Lord, we got to throw somebody under the bus with bad graphics. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who did this, but and if you're just listening on the podcast, what what we're seeing is that Usman weighs one hundred eighty-six pounds, Edwards one hundred seventy and a half. Oh, yeah, that's that's, that's that, quite that, the disparity, yeah. you know. But it's it's a big fight. You got Luke Rockhold is coming back. He's fighting uh, Paulo Costa. You know Paulo Costa is right. Yeah, he's fighting Paulo Costa. That's a huge fight. Um, Luke Rockhold just came out and blasted the UFC. Blasted him. He, he may be looking for another job after after what he said. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. He, he went out. He went after Dana White. He went after the UFC. He's like, you know, talking about you know the bonuses that they give the fighters. These guys are risking their lives every single day. They have no health insurance, um, and he has a point. He has a point. The, the UFC is making a lot of money off these guys. And where the where the fighters used to make money is their endorsement deals. You know, they used to go in there and they'd have, you know, some printed on their shorts. And, yeah. and the UFC took that away from them and sold the sponsorship to the UFC, like Reebok or whoever it may have been. Uh, and they're getting all the money. And I'm telling you, Luke Rockhold, man, he, he lit into Dana White and said Dana White is running the UFC into the ground. They need to do something about it. And then, um, you know, on line two, Dana White was on line two. 
it's, it's like it's too late to cancel the fight, Luke. But this is your last fight in the UFC. <laughs> you better win. Don't mess with the guy that's got the power. That's yeah. for sure. Kingpin. Remember last week, uh, Tim left a little bit early. Did he actually steal your limousine when he was going no, to that concert? How, no. how was that concert, by the way? The, the Fleetwood Knack or whatever yeah. you saw? Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> Sleetwood. Sleetwood Mac. How, how was that? Stevie Whispers? Ricks. It was pretty good. Actually, I was surprised. They were, yeah. they were, they were good. Were you yeah. late? Did you get uh, tongue lashing from the wife? A little bit. Yeah. Just like Whispers. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, America. He 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 didn't like that concert. He's lying. He's lying. He's lying. He's lying. He's lying. I'm a professional analyst. He did, yeah. Well, Whisper didn't like. He didn't like Steve Woodman. Well, they had beer there and wings. Yeah. So well, was, there you was, go. Beer and wings. Yeah. How bad could it be, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was outside. It was you know. It was outside. Mm-hmm. I wonder why you're red. You didn't tell us all that. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's a nice park. Oh my God. What did, what did I do? What did I, did I do something this this weekend? Oh, I'm going to the Kendrick Lamar concert, Oh, that's right, baby. yeah. Oh, baby. And I'm taking some of my team with me from the Sriracha team, okay? I tried to get all my Sriracha teammates to come with me. All my little guys that work behind the scenes, Dangerous D, uh, Francisco, a.k.a. Cisco, the thong song, uh, <laughs> oh Nicky Knuckles. I got Maddie. I got Maddie Ice. I tried to get all my young interns to come with me, you know, come see Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Two, two of the five came. I had some one person say they had to work. That was Dangerous D because he always got to work. He got like 18 jobs, so he had to work. And then Francisco said, if it's not if it's not Baby Bunny or whoever the dude is, what's his name? Baby Bunny? What's his name? Bad oh, Bunny. Bad, bad Bunny, not Baby yeah. Bunny. You say, I don't listen to that kind of music. So Baby Bunny, Bad Bunny is not there, so he didn't want to come because he don't know Kendrick Lamar. He don't know any of his songs. Huh? Uh, come, now you don't like it because yeah. I, I put you on front street. <laughs> I put him on front. I don't like Bad Bunny because he thinks some girls listen. I don't like Bad Bunny. Oh, let me get my man card taken away from him. He's still too young for a man card. He got a boy card. Both him and Dangerous D, they they too young right now. And then Maddie Ice, Maddie Ice says flat out turn us down. No, I can't go. <laughs> you know I can't go. I'm out. Yeah, I can't go. So yeah. so Maddie's going. There you go. And Nikki Knuckles is going to be there. We're going to be we're going to be in a nice suite. We're going to have food and drinks up there. I'm, I'm taking my crew out. We're going to have a blast. We're going to be on we're going to be on Instagram live. We're going to we're going to show y'all where we're at. Hey, if you said you can go now. Yeah, Maddie I said in the chat that you can go. It's too late, uh -oh, man. The tickets are gone. Yeah. Too late. Yeah, I told Listen, America. America, I had 10 tickets to the concert America, okay? 10 tickets. We got a suite. It's all set yeah. up nice. See, see Maddie, Maddie I thought we was just in the standing up in a mosh pit or something. See, you ain't going to see my 611 ass in no damn mosh pit, okay? I'm going to be up in the suite. I'm going to be chilling, okay? I'm going to yeah. be drinking. It's like when we went to UFC fight. Remember when we went to UFC fight? We was Double in the suite. Times. Yes, we were in the suite, and the food and the drinks flowing, okay? Mm -hmm. So now... I, I, I tried to get these guys first. I gave them the first choice of tickets. Like, you guys want to come? Taking care of them. That's nice. And, uh, you know, uh, only two people came. So, hey, hey, our buddy, the sign guy, says, uh, forget about Bad Bunny. Tim likes Bugs Bunny. <laughs> wow. This is I, I this do. is an attack. This is an attack. Everybody's piece. after whispers on the all, chat today. First of all, first of all, you know, Pete, the sign guy, is a guy <laughs> is supposed to be a friend of the program. Well, he designed, he designed those beautiful all, he designed banners behind, these banners Thanks, behind it. And now he's attacking whispers. Yeah. Wow. He's been after you throughout the show. I haven't even called out half of them. He's been all over you today. Man, should have gotten back to him, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you should hit, 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 you know, hit him with the, the Christopher Walken. Hey, man. Yeah, we haven't heard from Christopher yeah, Walken we need, yet. We need an appearance of Chris, Christopher Walken. All right. I'll crawl through those wires and ruin your fucking sign shop. <laughs> all right? <laughs>
Whispers, you know, there, there's a show on Prime Video called The Outlaws that he plays one of the characters in there. Hilarious. I have not seen that. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just classic Christopher Walken. He's not the featured player, but he always gets the best lines. He steals out, the lines. Know? Yeah, he steals oh, yeah. the show in, in almost every episode. Well, it it's on like, Prime, though, so check it out, The Outlaws. It can be like the dumbest line ever, and yeah, he makes he, it sound he good. Makes it, yeah, it makes it golden. Yeah, you got yeah. boogers in your nose? <laughs> Like, yeah, oh. one of the people in the chat earlier said that uh, they'd like to see uh, Bane interview uh, Christopher Walken. Oh, oh, we might have set that. Bane up. might, <laughs> Bane might kill him for real. Bane might kill him. Bane don't mess around, bro. We ain't messing around. Bane might kill Christopher Walken. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't think so. I, well, I'll write it up. <laughs> Christopher, I will destroy you. I'm going to shove that mask down your throat. <laughs> Christopher Walken, you are not the boss. I'm the boss. Hey, take that jock strap off your face. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with him. I'm done. I'm done with you, Christopher Walken. You, yeah. you, 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 we've, got, we've got off track over here with Oh, Christopher my Walken. goodness. I like, I like his Christopher Walken. Yeah. That's no, that's a, that's a regular feature. Four uh, Ace Wind says, "Protect him at all costs. He's the national treasure we never knew existed." <laughs> so, the, wow. the Twitch folks love you out there. Hey, uh, you taking a limo to the uh, concert on Luis this weekend? I have a question before I, I'll get to your question in a second. Well, part. you know why I'm well, asking? Yes, because we're getting ready to get ready yeah. to read that. I have a question. What kind of applesauce? What cider is this? It's another urine sample. <laughs> no, no, what, no. What the hell is this apple cider? Is it? Is it a uh, Angry Orchard? Yes, it is. It's past the expiration it date. It's, like angry it's double angry now. <laughs> I don't know what the uh, America. It's, it's I've been poisoned. Orchard. If something, <laughs> if something happens to me, America, on my way out of this, he's Sriracha been poisoned. Studio, I've been poisoned by Larry oh, the Lobster. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so back to your question, yeah, the Mark. Windy City limousine. Always take first class. They are. Let me tell you something. Windy City, ladies and gentlemen, they are taking me to the concert nice. at the United Center. And my shout-out to my man, Mike Almaroff. He's my driver. He's a third-degree black belt, hip keto, and Jeet Kune Do. Wow. Okay? And, and, uh, if, and if I need him to pull out the strap and the blicky, he will pull it out. So don't mess with me if you catch me at the concert. What? Watch yourself, all right? Just come up and say hi. Don't try to attack me because Mike, he's got a trigger finger. He's got a happy fingers. He, he don't know what he might do. I don't know what he might do. Protect me at all costs. Oh, I got to read my read. Listen <laughs> up, Bulls Nation. We want to make water. Oh, wrong one. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's my bad. on the on deck circle. Look at that nice, look at that nice graphic. That's yeah. really nice. Oh. Again, if you're listening, it's just picture a car. Yes. Luxury. Luxury. We need to change that to an SUV. Must be nice. Yeah. We need to get that SUV because that's what I roll in, SUV. Windy City Limousine provides championship service. Making a reservation is so easy, it's a slam dunk. Let Windy City break the full core pressure of traffic and get you to your destination in style and on time like they do for me every week. Contact us at 847 916 Nine three zero zero, or visit windycitylimos.com. Tim, did you uh, make peace with the good folks at Angel Water? Nope, <laughs> <laughs> they're not happy with us. Cheap little eggs. <laughs> you know why? Because you're not you're not really selling the sponsorship. You know, we've got the props, we've got the Angel Water, and somebody on Twitch pointed out that Tim is now drinking beer instead of coffee. Christopher Hawken. Yeah. Christopher Are you sick of bottled water? Right on their bottle. What did he say? Are you sick of bottled water? 
Come but they oh, make solution. We've lost they another, make this just for we, us. We lost they bottle this just to enjoy here. Another sponsor out the door. In the Hustle and Flow studio. Oh, I think this is about their RO systems. You don't have to do this, but. Oh, right. Look at our producer, Maddie, going, <laughs> shut up, Tim. Get, oh, get away from there. <laughs> Come on, Tim, sell it. Come cancel on. the check. Listen up, Bulls Nation. We want to make water healthier for you and your home and your family. So look no further than our favorite new water here in the hot sauce studios, Angel Water. This company is on a mission to provide water free of the toxins and chemicals and cause long-term damage to your health. We thank them for providing Give Me the Hot Sauce team with more than enough H2O. Because I'm going to... Stay hydrated all year with water water you can trust. Angel Water. Call 847-382-7800 to get your water tested for free today. <laughs> is it over? I'm sorry. Is the alarm clock went off yet? <laughs> Why don't you give that phone number again for yeah, the folks that would like to contact Angel Water? 847-382-7800. And who should they ask for when they make that phone Chief call? Little Eggs. Chief Little Eggs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, that's where you guys get in trouble. Who wants to be called Chief Little Legs? He doesn't. No, I wouldn't listen, think so. Listen, well, he is our friend... He is one of our best right friends. On the bottle here. Yeah, see, Chief Little Legs. what you don't see? Yeah, you don't see his legs. You see everything but his legs. That's why. Chief Little Legs. No, listen. Andy, Andy, if you're out there listening, you know we love you, boy. Okay? We know me and Tim, we love you. All right? Tim, Tim is responsible for all these jokes, not me. My water's so good in my house, I drink out of my toilet. Okay, that just took it to another level right there. That's just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought that was hey, a good endorsement. Wash it down with a good yeah, beer. Yeah, let, me just, let me drink this piss Hey, this here. week's poll question uh, related to the schedule release that came out the other day from the NBA. So we asked you, which game on the schedule are you most excited about? Your options were the opening night game at Miami down in South Beach, the defending champion Golden State Warriors coming to the United Center on January 19th, the TNT Bulls trying to make it 21 straight games that they win with Charles Barkley and crew calling that action. And then LeBron, AD, and the Lakers come to the United Center on March 29th. 50% are going with the TNT Bulls, hoping to make that streak 21 straight games. We had 42% going for the opening night in Miami. Jimmy Buckets will be ready for the Bulls on opening night, won't he? He's always ready for the Bulls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one team he gets up for every every night. And in Minnesota, those two. And Philadelphia. Those three teams. Yeah, he's, yeah. Scorched earth yeah, wherever yeah. he's been, right? Yeah, wherever he's been, he's had, a, he's had some kind of problem. So, yeah, those are the three teams he gets up for. Yeah, we're only about six weeks until the start of NBA training six camp. Weeks. So everybody's talking about the NFL starting. Well, the NFL, the NBA is right behind it. So we're looking forward to that. I, I just saw I just saw the schedule, like, when we're going to France. Oh. Paul Avery Francais, we, we, I, I can't wait. Oh. I'm a professional yes. analyst. Yes. The so, international man of mystery, Stacey yeah. King, That's taking the show trip. on the road. That's going to be a fun trip. Absolutely. I'm just trying to decide who's going to go with I'll me. go with. You got any? No, no. You no. got any knockoff? You, you want to go with yeah. me? Yeah, why not? No, it's not that type of party. <laughs> I need a female. I'm sorry. No. I got a Who's going to be lucky? Who's going to be lucky? Baby, it's like spinning the wheel on, on uh, what, what is it? The price is right. Wheel of meat. The wheel. Oh. <laughs> The wheel of meat. What? Man, shut up. The wheel of meat. Wow. That's, that's, that's so we get we get in the final minute of the show. <laughs> Stacy's trolling for dates, and and Tim's just off the rails. I mean, what what are we doing? Here? Hey, what's, in listen, that, what's in the beer? I'm just telling you right now, America. 
I was voted one of the ten most sexiest men in Montana. Okay, I'm out. On, I'm back on the market, baby. The, the, the king is single, baby. I'm single, baby. Any, any lady want to go to France? Look me up here. Call me up. Polyvu Francais. You don't have to know. You don't have to know anything French. Just dress like a French woman. That's all you need. That's all you need to do. That's all you need to do. Wow. You're not so going. So send all inquiries to gimmethehotsauce.com. Yes. Find Maddie. Maddie. Maddie, make sure you get all emails, inquiries of whoever, whatever female wants to go with me to uh, to France. It'll be a giveaway. A It'll be a raffle. And there'll be plenty of hot sauce. David. Oh, see, look at you guys. Mine went straight to the gutter. Make I'm sure. over here talking about real hot sauce. Man, you, I'm telling you, you children are and bad, he, man. He wants tattoos on you their too. feet. <laughs> no, nobody wants no tattoos on their feet. Oh, I, th I thought you liked that. No, do you like that? No, that's Chris Lofton. <laughs> Chris, Chris D. Lofton. D. Yeah. Lofton. Don't forget the D. Don't forget the D. Don't forget the D, because he didn't. <laughs> hey, we want to thank our guest, Jim McMahon, who was fantastic earlier in the show. We want to thank the Sriracha crew for their hard work throughout the week. We want to thank everybody that joined us on Twitch. We had a lot of fun looking at the chat this week. And uh, Stacy's been working like crazy to get you the very best guests. Who knows who we might get for next week's show to make yeah. sure. Look out for that. We always promote it on social media the day before to give you a heads up. And we thank everybody for listening and watching. And we'll be back in a week or so, Stacey. And, and one of these days, uh, all the people who are watching on Twitch, we may one of these days have a fan come on and be a guest. Don't don't think that's out of the realm of possibility where you can come on for about 20 minutes on the show, talk or call, whatever you want to do. And uh, it sounds like a John Walsh segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tribute to John Walsh. Yeah. Shout out to John. Yeah, he, he got stabbed by a stingray. <laughs> he did. Oh, he he did. did. Yeah. He got, wow. stabbed. he got stung by a stingray. The stinger got stung. Yeah, the stinger yeah. got stung. We, we hadn't heard yeah. from him in two months. Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. hey, guess what happened on my vacation? Yeah, I, was, yeah. I got stung by a stingray. Like, <laughs> <laughs> who gets stung by a stingray? Oh, my God. Only John Walsh. But, yeah, yeah we, we may have some fans on here. So, you guys better be, uh, you know, make sure you come on every week because you never know what's going to happen. So, get your impersonations ready. Maybe that'll be yes. the contest. We'll get, uh, we'll get Phil Collins in here one of these weeks, too. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah Phil Collins or the cooler. Yeah. Well, he might be on next week. Who, Phil Collins? Yeah, I just talked to him. Oh, okay. Yeah, could be next Celebrity week. impersonators for a thousand, <laughs> Alex. Hey, let's get out of here. How about some music, D? Come on, D. Oh, my goodness. It's only preseason. What a high field. Jimmy G. Oh, buckets. Get buckets.